the universe for sure has a way of making things happen. And whatever it is that you think, you can manifest it into actual reality. Just keep thinking positive thoughts. Keep working on you because I fall victim to making everyone else happy and not making myself happy on many occasions and making sure everyone is comfortable except myself. But then after a while, I got selfish and started working on myself. I found that after a while, things started to manifest the way how I've always wanted it to manifest. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries, a community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Femcanics, I want to hear from you and get your feedback. I want to know what you like or don't like about the podcast. You can leave a message by calling 614-636-2240. Again, it's 614-636-2240. Leave me a message and who knows, you might hear yourself on the podcast. Renee Edwards Ambrose is in the driver's seat today. This Caribbean queen hails from Antigua. Her personal brand encompasses three different entities. In real life, her motivational speaker, modeling, and entrepreneur entity, LHF Motorsports, is her racing, media, and culture entity. And finally, Lady Mex provides workshops for women. These workshops teach women car basics. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello, Femcanics. This is Jamie B coming to you, and I have Renee Edwards Ambrose in the driver's seat today. How are you doing, Renee? I'm wonderful, Jamie. Thanks for having me. It is my pleasure. I actually, as with a lot of my guests, I found you on Instagram. And Mm -hmm. what immediately drew me to you is, one, your amazing empowerment and strength that you have as a woman and in particularly a woman of color and i i think it's so cool we need more women that mm-hmm. are comfortable in their skin and mm-hmm. it just permeates out of all of your posts so i love your brand and come to find Thank out you. that you have multiple brands not just one you have a total mm-hmm. of three different enterprises, and we are going to dive into those in the interview because I think you have a lot to offer women and men and particularly young women that are up and coming and really finding their own and becoming their own person. So why don't we get started and kind of bring the listener through a little journey here. They heard the pre-recorded bios, so they have a little idea of what you're about. But how about we dive in a little bit? How did you get started in anything automotive related? When did that start for you? Oh, wow. When I was in my like my final years of high school, um, I used to doodle cars on my on my books and so on. So after after high school, my mother was like, all right, so what do you want to do? So I told her, well, honestly, mom, I just want to be a pilot, an engineer, a mechanic and a drag racer. So at first she was like, um, well, that's a, that's kind of a lot, you know, but let's take it one step at a time. So after high school, I attended the Antigua State College where I majored in automotive engineering. We got to give a shout out. I got to give you a shout. <laughs> you are the first Caribbean girl on my podcast. So Yes, definitely. Yes, and I'm going to have to big up all my Antiguan people and them pan live. You don't know. <laughs> yes, thank you for going there. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> Yes. So after high school, I did um, automotive engineering. And during my time there, I met so many different persons that are into drag racing and into mechanics, of course. So I think my first time I pulled a hand lever and did a 180 in a car was at the Antigua State College with my classmates. And they actually taught me how to do that. My first job was at a mechanic shop. 
at Auto Clinic, then Auto Clinic. It's now Monster Garage with the late Brian Kelsick, who was my mentor as a mechanic. Um, none of my family members did automotive engineering or anything. So, did they think you were crazy, Renee? No, honestly, I think my mother thought that I was because there was this lady in my church that came to me and she said, listen, I'm so proud of you. She told me this like probably three months ago. She said, I'm so proud of you because when you first told your mother that you wanted to get into cars, she came to me. She's like, oh my gosh, my one daughter is going to do stuff that guys do. And I'm scared. And the lady told my mother, look, um, if that's what Renee wants to do, then just support her in every, anything that she wants to do. And I think since then, my mother has, has supported me in everything that I've done so far from racing. I, I've raced, at, well, we get into the racing part later on in the interview, I'm sure. But my mother travels with me when I when I would usually race and so on. So at first, persons thought that, you know, well, what is this girl doing talking about she wanted to deal with cars and get dirty and these kind of things. But that's that's what I like to do. I love fixing things. And I've loved fix, fixing things from a very early age. So at the end of the day, I mean... If I love it, I'm going to go and make sure that I do really well in, in whatever it is that I love to do. Sounds like your entire life you've had an affinity for it. Now, when yes. you left high school, mm -hmm. where did you go next? Well, the Antigua State College for two years. And then after that, I, as I told my mother after high school, I wanted to be a pilot. So um, and an engineer, an aircraft engineer. So what I did, I had applied for the professional pilot program at Centennial College in, in Toronto. And also I had applied for the aviation maintenance um, program at the same college. Now, the thing is, the acceptance letter came back for the pilot course. So my mother said, you know what? Just go and do it because at the end of the day, um, we, we just want to ensure that whatever it is that you want to do will support you. So I went to Canada for nine months and I did my pilot course. Which nine months? <laughs> you go from the Caribbean to Canada. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, I, I went. And the thing is, I left I left during the summer, like the end part of the summer uh -huh. um, in 2000, 2000. When was that? That's 2005. The end of summer 2005, as soon as I graduated from the Antigua State College and I went off. And I'm telling you, that was like chalk and cheese with regards to the culture, with regards to the food, with regards to the weather. Oh, my goodness. I That was the first time seeing snow. And I'm telling you, I was perturbed for the first three months of, <laughs> of that, that period. <laughs> But after a while, I got used to it. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it was it was really chalk and cheese. It was two totally different worlds. But being the dynamic person that I am, I was able to adapt and to just get what I what I needed done come what may. So um, yeah, after after engineering school, I went to flight school and then I came back to Antigua um, after that. <laughs> wow. Boy, I, I'm still wrapping my mind around going from Caribbean <laughs> to Canada, and you were there during winter months. Oh my God, it was, it was brutal. It was so brutal. That's quite the the adjustment. So yes, you, you came back home, right? What was in store for you there? Did did you have a job lined up? Did you have to start looking? Oh wow. Well, to be honest, when when I came back, there was this monopoly between two airlines that was basically based in my in my country. So it was between Liat and Caribbean Star who who were around at the time. And it was very hard for me to to find a job. So I had to settle um with teaching music um at a at a at a primary school for like three months <laughs> I taught music because I, I did music in high school. So and my dad and my brother, they're also into music. So I know a little music and I could teach as well. Tell me a little bit more like music instrument or like singing? Well, no instrument, Got instrument. It. So um, between grade grades two to six, I taught those students um, how to read music, how to play the piano and how to play the recorder. That's awesome. Yes, I know. I know. I love kids. I love kids. So that was a great experience. And even now when I see see the same kids that I taught 
um, back in the day. I'm like, oh my gosh, I used to teach them and they're so big now. Like I'm what, five, four. And these kids are like taller than I am, you know? And I'm, I mean, I'm sure that I've stopped growing anyway. So. Oh, I feel you, Renee. <laughs> my, my daughter's 12. She'll be 13 at the end of October. And she, I'm, I'm only five, two and she's like five, seven already. So. Oh my God. Oh, she's she, taller than me too. She oh my bends gosh. over to give me a hug. <laughs> So I feel you. I understand. So, that, is, that is so cute. You know, so um, yes, I did that for three months. Um, at that time, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't find a job. What am I going to do? So remember I told you earlier that I wanted to do aircraft engineering as well. And the universe so made it happen that while I was at, I, I was teaching at school, it was around lunchtime. And my mom called and she said, did you see the ad in the paper? I'm like, mom, I don't really read the paper. So she's like, okay, okay. Um, this is what's happening. When I get home, I'll show you. So Liat was, was, um, awarding scholarship to persons who wanted to, to study aircraft maintenance and engineering in Guyana. So that I went from Antigua to Canada, back to Antigua. No, it's, Antigua to Guyana for four years to study aircraft maintenance and engineering. So I had applied, you know, and um, it turned out that I was the only girl in that in that group of six guys that went uh, went down and was awarded a scholarship from Liad. So uh, that in itself was a really great experience because it was the first time that Liad had said they're going to do this engineering um, scholarship program because a lot of the guys were, you know, getting in up in age and so on and you know. They're going to need new persons to fill those gaps soon from now. So they gave persons the opportunity to do it. And I was one of them. So I went to Guyana for three years and I studied at the Ogle Airport, where we actually worked on live aircraft at the Art William and Harry Went Aeronautical Engineering School. And that was also a great experience because the culture, again, is a little bit different than home, than Antigua. Um, the food is a little bit different. Well, it's a whole ton different than Antigua. So it was, again, being dynamic. I was able to adapt really well um, with the culture. And um, right now I eat anything except soap. Like I will eat just about anything after going to these places and experiencing these different cultures <laughs> and experiences and food, you know. So, um, <laughs> so um, yeah, that, that's. That's, I think that was my last, my last um, tertiary education or, or scholastic um, um, institution that I attended. Um, that was in Guyana. And then after that, after completing that course for four years, we actually went straight into working for the company that sent us on the scholarship. So I am currently working at that. How did you end up getting into drag racing? Okay, so remember I spoke about auto clinic yeah. where I did internship. Well, Brian Kelsey, he actually was one of Antigua's best drag racers back in the day. And I can remember actually sneaking out my mom's house on a Sunday to go to the John I racetrack just to watch cars go fast. Plug your ears, mom. <laughs> she knows, she knows. <laughs> You've ratted yourself listen, out now. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. No, listen, we, we laugh about everything that I've done in my life so far. And trust me, she is like, well, I kind of figured you did X, Y, and Z, but I wasn't too sure. But thanks for letting me know, you know. <laughs> you have confirmed. Yeah, you know, right? <laughs> I want to put the timeline here together. Now, you had mentioned a internship. Yes. So you, you went to college and then you mm -hmm. came back home and then you went back to college. Where did the, the racing fit in? Oh, the racing didn't fit in until I actually started working at Liat. Oh, got but, it. Right. But the love for it kind of skyrocketed after college, the first college, because at that point I was getting to know everyone. I was like, okay, when I start working, I'm going to buy myself a race car. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have an all-female drag racing team and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, okay, when I start working, that's what's going to happen. Um, and that's exactly what happened. In my first year, no, actually, my second year working for Liat, I actually acquired my race car. <laughs> what was it? What was your race car? You got to give the details. Yes. Okay. So it, it's like, a, we call it mixed bread down here. So it's like a Mazda RX-7, an 86 Mazda RX-7 with a 302 small block Ford in it. C4 transmission. <laughs> so it's like 
a Mazda with a Ford engine in it. I call her the Black Widow. The Black Widow. Why the Black Widow? Because, you know, when the Black Widow spider is done with their male counterparts, they kill them, right? So that just goes to show that, you know, when women get on the track, especially when my car gets on the track, when I'm done with you, I'm killing you. That's all. (laughs) I thought it was the most fitting what the most fitting animal I could have found that fit my personality and yeah. how I wanted to be viewed on the racetrack. So yes. um, I think I made the best choice. Actually, when I build my next race car, I'm going to call her Widow Reloaded for sure. That's a great name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great name. It reminds me, I, we're, we're binge watching the Badlands right now. I don't know if you okay. watch that show. And, and no, one of the main characters is the Widow. So... Mm-hmm. And and she is a strong, powerful woman as well. Right. But there we go. And then when when after I named it the Black Widow, I mean, you know, the Marvel comics had the Black Widow as, you know, one of their more powerful women in the team and that kind of stuff. And I was like, yo, this it kind of works. It kind of works, you know. Um, I really like how I chose the name and anything that's attached to it. It, it also tells the story of the car, of, of why I came up with the name for the car, you know? So I'm proud of my name <laughs> and everything that's attached to it. <laughs> that is a great name. Now, Thank did you, you end up, you said that you wanted, part of the goal was not only acquiring a race car, but mm-hmm. starting kind of your own brand around racing. Yes. And that's yes. LHF Motorsports. Yes, it is. And what does that stand for? Okay, so initially when I got the race car in 2012-2013, right, um, it was a group of guys throughout the Caribbean in, in Nevis, Trinidad, and Grenada, and also Antigua, who they helped one another with regards to racing and being able to transport their cars to other islands so that they can can represent their country. So when I came up with my idea and what I wanted to do, they said, okay, we we can bring you on board. And the name of the team is Horsepower Farm Racing, right? So I said, well, I want to create my own brand, still being a part of your entity, but I want it to be all female, right? So that's how I came up with Lady Horsepower Farm. So initially that's the name, that was the name I started off with, Lady Horsepower Farm. And then after it grew, I said, you know, I can do so much more than just racing. You know, um, I recently rebranded my brand to LHF Motorsports Racing Media and Culture, where the racing part would be, you know, the actual race car being on the track and, you know, involving women in that part of it. Also, I wanted to showcase motorsports in Antigua because I think that that was lacking a lot where we needed to showcase what we as a country had with regards to, you know, the persons that actually race, because even now we have individuals who are 26 and they build their own cars, they spray their own cars, they do just about everything on their own cars. So these are the things that would inspire other people to push towards whatever it is that their goal is or their dream is. So I wanted to be that platform to assist with helping persons out. I'm going to pause you for one second. So one of your goals for this particular entity of yours, so LHF Motorsports, Mm -hmm. is to have an all-female team. Right, that's the racing. Were you able to achieve that? Yes, yes, definitely. So um, for the first three to four years, I actually had an all-female group where uh, my mechanic, um, Jody and Joseph, she is actually, um, her nine to five is actually being a supervisor at an automotive franchise here in Antigua, you know, in the workshop. So she is head over the servicing department, the tire changing department, that type of stuff. So I brought, she had just finished school when I was introduced to her. And I told her, look, would you like to be a part of my team? Because this is what, what I'm building and this is this is the vision that I have. And she said, sure, no problem. And by the time she landed in Antigua, within three weeks, we were flying out to Nevis to, to work on the race car to start racing. You know, so being able to have um, a female driver, a female mechanic, 
my mom was always there. And then when it comes to the actual managing and brand um, and brand management of Lady Horse Pole Farm, that was also all female. So I definitely had accomplished that. Do you, do you ever pause and just drink up the fruits of your labor? <sighs> um, it's hard to sometimes, isn't it's it? It's hard. No, because, because I keep going. I like I would find I would find other things to do. Until someone stops me and says, well, Renee, you have accomplished everything, anything, well, a lot of stuff. So um, do you really take it in? And sometimes I don't see it. Honestly, Jamie, I, mm-hmm. I just, uh, to me, I'm just accomplishing goals that I've set for myself. You're just being Renee. Right. And while doing mm-hmm. that, I'm inspiring and empowering other persons to do the same. And the thing is, it's not just the women, the men too, because I know of persons who come to me and said, and said, um, you have inspired me to do X, Y, and Z with my race car or X, Y, and Z with my lifestyle. You know what I mean? So um, I, sometimes it, it scares me to even sit down and, and even, you know, soak it all up. It's scary. No, I, <laughs> it, it's strange to pause and soak it all right. up. Now, now I'm curious because you, you talk about um, really helping other racers and really yeah. o- helping open the door, which kind of mm-hmm. leads me into which other entity came next? Was it the In Real Life or was it the Lady Mex workshop? Well, In Real Life has been around before Lady Hospital Farm because gotcha. that includes everything from my fashion, from my fashion, from my mentorship my entrepreneurship, that, that kind of stuff, um, that has been there even before there was Lady Hospital Farm. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about this because I want to give the listeners an opportunity to really drink this up. No and problem. We talk about you do motivational speaking, you're yes. a model, and you're yes. an entrepreneur. And, and yes. I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm pausing you for a second because I really <laughs> want the listeners to, to think about this. This is... This is the essence of what Femcanic Garage is all about, is really sharing (laughs) stories just like yours, Renee, so that women can stop and say, hey, she can do it, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. Right? And and what I love about you is in the pre-interview, you talked a little bit about modeling and some of the things that you're most proud of around that. And when you think about the automotive industry, and if you think about modeling, People automatically think a half-naked woman laying on the hood of a car, <laughs> right? Basically. <laughs> and the thing is, is when that's one of the things that drew me to you is that the way you present yourself in the modeling aspect and in the lady mech stores and how you blend all of that, mm-hmm. I think it's a great story and a, a, a great image and mentorship that you provide for women. And do you mind talking a little bit about like modeling and you talked about like plus size modeling and mm-hmm. and going down that path and I have mm-hmm. such respect for you and affinity where we need more women like you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I had a a great mentor that right. told me, "Jamie, if your enthusiasm level is at a 10, the people around you are probably at a four or five. If your enthusiasm is at a 15, now they're at an eight or nine. And True. how charismatic you are and how you bring and, and communicate that through pictures and what you have to say, you can't help but look and listen and read and feel uplifted and kind of have the, I'm going to go out there and do this. Do you mind talking a a little bit about, like, we talked a little bit about it in the pre-interview, but expanding on it a little bit and kind of your intent and your experience around that and why you do it? Well, Jamie, the thing is, right, I think that my modeling came about um, as a result of uh, a failed tryout session, right? Now, we have a carnival every year, not, not like Ferris wheels and stuff, but like, Caribbean carnival, like Caribana, that kind of stuff. So um, during this festivities, uh, we have a queen of carnival competition or pageant. 
right? And um, in 2002, sorry, 2012, I said, look, I've done automotive engineering, I've done piloting, I've done all of these things, and I want to try pageantry. So I said to myself, okay, no, I was like 200 and 200 and like 220 pounds. And I said to myself, look, I'm going to have to lose weight just to try out for Queen of Carnival. Now, at this point, I did not do any type of modeling at all, but I wanted to do pageantry. So I said, okay, Rene, this is the goal. You have to lose weight to enter this competition. So I went and I went down to like 194 pounds to the point where my husband now, who was my boyfriend at the time, he said to me, um, I don't like to see you this size because I met you a certain way and I don't think that this is healthy. But I told him, look, this is something I wanted to do. And if it means that I have to get down to 180 pounds, I'm going to do it. He's like, okay, no problem. So I went down to 194 pounds and tried out. Wait, I got to pause for a second and give your husband a high five. (laughs) Seriously, do you know how many women are going to listen to this or are listening to this? And it's like, your husband said, don't lose weight. I fell in love with you just the way you are. That That is, yes. in essence, what he's saying. Yes. <laughs> what? But I'll give you the story after I did. <laughs> That's after great. I did. I, I did. <laughs> but, but he's still honored what your goal yes. was as well. Yes. I mean, yes, correct. what a win-win. You got right. yourself a catch, girl. <laughs> He's amazing. He's he's really amazing. So um so yes, I did the tryouts because we had to do a performing talent because I sing a little bit, Jamie. I can do a little something something. Oh, can can you can you demo a little something something for us off the cuff? Oh wow, you're gonna put me on the spot, Jamie. <laughs> you, you got a special something that you like to sing? Yes. There's a hero. If you look inside your heart, you don't have to be afraid of what you are. Okay, that's it. Ooh, girl, get it. (laughs) Get you some of that. Love it. Give me goosebumps. Oh, I'll stop it. So (laughs) actually, and that was the song that I sang at the, the tryout session. Right. We we had to model swimwear. We had to model our cocktail wear. No problem. Because I can walk in heels. I am I am a beast in heels. Right. My mom taught me well. So um, afterward, um, they called and they said I was on my way home. I, I think my uh, my husband was driving me home at the time and they called and they said, well, Renee, I'm calling from such and such. And we just want to let you know that you didn't make the cut. So I started crying because I knew that I put my best foot forward. I did everything that I think that would have made me um, eligible to make the final cut, you know. And then um, when I hung up the phone, my husband looked over and said, you okay? You want you want us to go and get KFC? I'm like, I just starred myself for like <laughs> five months. Yeah. And the first thing you can tell me is KFC. And then I was like, yeah, I need KFC. <laughs> I need two fries and a big drink. So That's I found awesome. that so funny. <laughs> I found that so funny. Um, just to find out that, you know, persons didn't appreciate that I was my size. I was relatively larger than all the other girls. So um, they just thought, you know, um, I did not make the cut because it was too big. It's not that I couldn't sing. It's not that I couldn't answer a question. It's not that I couldn't walk in heels. It's not that I couldn't have a great presence in front of persons, you know, being being manageable and everything. It's just because of my size. You know, so I think that after that, that kind of propelled me into being, being, I wouldn't even call it a poster child, but being an inspiration for women who at some point in time was ridiculed because of their size, you know, and not feeling confident enough to push through any barrier that they have been faced with to be, you know, fluffy and plus size and still feel good about themselves. I mean, I'm not telling, I'm, I'm not advocating for women to go and be unhealthy and not to work out and that kind of stuff. I mean, some of us, I need, I know for me, for a fact, my family is huge and that's not an excuse for me to stay huge. But at the same time, I try to keep as healthy and as active. I try to right. eat as well as I possibly can to maintain my figure. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Well, I got to I got to give you props on something, Renee, that you you shared your weight on here. And Mm -hmm. as women, society and I I don't want to speak for for your country, but I know here in the United States that Mm -hmm. women, unless you're like ridiculously skinny and Mm -hmm. I think there's a point of unhealthiness of being too skinny as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Correct. You're not supposed to talk about your weight. You don't dare say what your weight is. But again, you demonstrated the exact reason why I wanted you on this podcast (laughs) is that we don't have to have shame around that. Mm -hmm. We don't. Oh, honey, I'm not scared of that at all. Like right now, I am a healthy 257. Um, and I'm still working on, you know, getting this, the tummy down a little bit, but I love my arms, Janie. I love my legs. I love how thick I look because it looks good. You know what I mean? You, it does. It does. You are a beautiful woman and Thank it you. does. And your confidence is, is infectious and contagious. And I know that it helps so many women. Mm-hmm. And it creates the space for them to feel safe and accepted in their own skin. And, and that's the thing. People people are asking, you know, okay, what does this have to do with Femcanic Garage? Femcanic Garage, there is a common thread that pulls all of us women together. Our right. love in some way, shape, or form for cars, motorcycles, or trucks. It's right. that simple. But mm-hmm. we are people at our core. We're we're more than our interests. We're more than our color. We're more than a gender. We're more than our sexual orientation. That's what this is all about is that we are all facing it. And guess what? We could all sit down and have a beer or a cocktail or a water, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to, whatever your preference is. Or scotch. Or scotch. Yes, I'm a bourbon girl. (laughs) And all sit down together and even though we may disagree on some things, we mm-hmm. all have a common thread that we can talk about together. Correct. And, and it's focusing on how we are more alike than different. And it is that simple. And I love it. I love your platform. I really love your platform. Well, I am honored <laughs> that you're a part of it. Oh, thank you, Jamie. It's my pleasure. And like I said, I first found out through Lady Mex, but then mm-hmm. I started doing some more research on you when I found the real life. That's when I'm like, this is a woman I need to get on here and we need to have some conversations around what I'll call body image. Yes. Because you have such an amazing and powerful body image and, and we need more of that. And thank you for being you and doing that. Oh, my pleasure, Jamie. My pleasure. Definitely. I mean, my mantra is that at some point I just want to inspire and, and empower someone to be better versions of themselves. I mean, you, we're, all, we're always going to have bad days. I mean, that's just life. But we just have to keep on working towards being better, doing better um, as human beings, because there there's some persons that have a story that they're scared to even talk about, you know, and being able to even give someone that extra nudge into their greatness is is something that I think that is my purpose here on earth, to be quite honest. And I've been doing that even outside of, of motorsport in real life, just being a, a decent human being and assisting yes. someone to be better versions of themselves. I, I am all for that. I don't need to get recognition for it. That doesn't mean anything to me because I've helped so many people that I always tell them, look, I don't need you to say anything. Just, just do what you need to do. I've given you the tools to, to be better, just go and do it. You're giving them the permission to let their light shine. Yes. And it's a yes. beautiful thing. Thank you. <laughs> now, I, I loved particularly how you incorporated, at least it's, it's my interpretation of the content that I see that you put out, of mm-hmm. how you incorporate a lot of that same message of female empowerment Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll even say body image because there there are stereotypes around mm-hmm. how women act or look mm-hmm. that are interested in racing or and or 
automotive mechanics or painting or anything. Right. There's these stereotypes around that. Right, right, it, right. It doesn't – it still surprises me even though I see it. It, it, it disappoints <laughs> me to be honest. But you're debunking that as well where you are pulling I, – I feel like you're pulling in the in real life kind of uh, feel into mm-hmm. the Lady Mech's workshop. Yes. And the feel that I get is, yes, you are empowering them and teaching them about cars, but I feel like it's so much more than that. Can you talk a little bit about the Lady Mex workshop? <laughs> um, no, my thing is, my thing is that when I started the Lady Mex workshop, I wanted it to be a very, very, how should I put it? I wouldn't really say feminine, but I didn't want it to be that dirt and grime that person's perception is about mechanics. Like I saw this tag, this hashtag on Instagram that says grease is my glitter. Right. And I just, I saw that. I was like, I fell in love with it. And I said, that has to be like my underlying tone for anything that I do with my lady mix workshop. So what I do, I ensure that, you know, I can teach women. Yes. I can teach you about your cars, but then there is some level of womanliness, you know, that kind of feminine kind of, you know, power that you can get from learning about your car. Like, for instance, if you would read my blog on um, inreallifeblogs.com, at blogspot.com, um, I actually walk you through an experience at the Lady Mex workshop. From the time you get into the workshop, you get cookies that are that are shaped like um, like the tools, like your wrenches and your 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 pliers and that kind of stuff. And then you have my team; they're there to greet you and to invite you in. Um, you have a platform where you can speak about your experience. I I break it down as into layman terms as much as I possibly can because for some women they don't understand the jargon, the mechanic jargon, but they can understand it from a different perspective. So for instance, I start off, I start off all my workshop and I say, especially when it's all women in my workshop, I say, you treat your car like you treat your vagina. I don't think you're going to go around and, you know, mistreat your vagina at any point in time. Wait, pause, pause. I want to <laughs> give that. I got to <laughs> love it. <laughs> I got to have a moment here. Treat your car like you treat your vagina. Right. You should totally <laughs> coin that phrase. <laughs> and I, I, my gosh, I am so enjoying this interview, Renee, because it, it, it's debunking so many things. Like, there's no shame. I mean, it, think about it, Renee. In, in, it yeah. is a male-dominated field. You hear... Correct. Men talk about their penises all the time. All the in this time, industry, correct, correct. Right? All the time. So why can't we talk about our vaginas? There we go. There we go. You have to make sure that it's well lubricated, you know, yes. that nothing is hanging off, you know, all of these things. And being, and of course, I'm super charismatic. So at the end of the day, even though it, they laugh about it, they could leave out of that workshop remembering something from that workshop. So for instance, they certainly do. I'm going to remember this forever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So even, even with the four stroke cycle, because I even tell them about the four stroke cycle and you know, I mean, everywhere you go, you hear suck, squeeze, bang, blow. So when they heard that the first time, I'm like, yeah, um, suck, squeeze, bang, blow. But then when I start explaining (laughs) it, I'm just keep having immature moments, Renee, you got to give me a moment. (laughs) You're going to have, like, people fly into your country just to attend your workshop because it sounds like an absolute riot. No, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. And I try, listen, I I try to keep it as light as possible. Um, we're all grown, grown women in the workshop, so I can, I can speak freely. You know what I mean? And especially when the guys come in, because we've had guys that come to our workshop too, and they, they enjoy every minute of it. Even when I talk about oh, vaginas and sucking and sneezing and banging, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so at the end of the day, I mean, I, I, I so love, I listen, I totally enjoy that part of it and being able to to have women speak about what they learned and what what persons used to tell them that 
and debunk myths that they've heard and you know so being able to 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 wind it down for them to actually learn something coming out of this workshop that makes me the happiest the happiest teacher ever and you know what's crazy when I left the Art Williams and Harry went aeronautical engineering school, my principal at the time told me, you would make a phenomenal teacher. Now, at that time, Jamie, I told him, not this girl, yeah, me not teach nobody. You understand? I am not going to teach anyone. And that was, that was 2011. Look at what happens nine years later. I am teaching people about cars <laughs> and I'm doing a swell job at it, you know? So <laughs> I, I'm seriously... I'm seriously enjoying it. it. Listen, the universe for sure has a way of making things happen. And whatever mm-hmm. it is that you 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 think, you can manifest it into actual reality. You know, just keep thinking positive thoughts. Keep working on you because I fall victim to making everyone else happy and not making myself happy, right? On many occasions and making sure everyone is comfortable except myself. But then after a while and I got, well, people would say it's selfish, but I got selfish and started working on myself. I found that, you know, after a while, things started to manifest the way how I've always wanted it to manifest. I think that's a female thing too, Renee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're, we're caretakers. <laughs> it seems like society has taught us as a woman, this is what you do to be a mm-hmm. good person or a good woman. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's constantly the message is put yourself on the back burner. Right. And, you know, it, it does not have to be that way. You can mm-hmm. be an amazing mother. And I think I'm saying this out loud for myself, to be honest. <laughs> right. You can be an amazing mother and have a successful career doing exactly what you want. Because what, what, I, have, what I have found is that my kids are interested in what I'm doing with them, can it, Garage? And it's it's not an either or, it's an and. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to teach our next generation. You don't have to wonder if your job choice is good enough for what persons think. You, you don't have to second guess whether or not you can maneuver. Just get the damn thing done. You know what I mean? And that that too is is one of my mantras. Just get the damn thing done. If you need something done, you just get it done. You don't hesitate. You just go and get it done. And I think that more often than not, a lot of persons' confidence levels are not are not that high because they second guess a decision. You know what I mean? So yeah, if you don't second guess a decision and you just go through, you'll see how much more confident you are to take on a different goal or any kind of achievement that you want to take on in life you know so I'm just curious Renee you shared about your Lady Mex workshop and I know Mm -hmm. like we're sitting here laughing about it and how you say that you keep it light what do you see like when the women first come into your workshop versus when they leave and maybe they come back and chat with you about it Mm -hmm. weeks or months after what do you see that process is like for the women when you're watching them go through that? Oh, I've had different experiences. Okay. So when they come into the workshop, as soon as they get in, um, I would give them a questionnaire to see if they come half full or half empty or not full at all. Or, you know what I mean? So I would ask them simple questions on the questionnaire, like, um, what does the, the engine check like mean on your dashboard? Stuff like that. You know what I mean? And, uh, what the batch when the battery light comes on, what does that mean? And a lot of women just don't know. You understand? So things would go horribly wrong on their car and the lights would come on and they have no clue what's going on in their car. You know, so after the workshop, then is when they would come and they would say, Renee, I did not even know how to put washer fluid for the windscreen inside how to top that up I did not know how to even open my hood I've met women that didn't have never opened their hood before in their life you know so after meeting them and after they've experienced the workshop and after they have been given so much information in that workshop they come back and they say Renee, I got to change my wheel by myself I get to do this by myself and I'm empowered to even learn more to the point where women 
want me to do a masterclass, like a, a, a service masterclass with them so they can learn how to actually service their vehicle themselves. Oh, wow. Did, do you find like any of them going kind of through like a transformation? Yes, yes, yes. No, honestly, like for instance, there was this one lady when I first started the workshop a couple of years ago, there was this lady that came to my workshop and her husband works with me at, at Liat. And he pulled me over. He said, um, my, my wife came to your workshop the other day. Not, but I think I have an issue. I said, what's the issue, sir? He said, um, she can tell me everything what happens to her car. She can tell me what the, the lights on the dashboard mean. She can tell me, you know, what the oil is supposed to look like when you check your oil dipstick. She can tell me all of this. But Renee, she just cannot. She does not know how to open the hood of our vehicle. I said, what do you mean? She, he said, yes. You have to teach them how to open it. <laughs> so, I mean, after that, I was like, I have to incorporate that into, into my lesson. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they could go and they can explain things. I mean, he said she accurately explained everything. Like everything that, that, that she spoke about makes sense because he knows about cars, you know, but she just does not know how to open the hood. So... There's so many success stories that have come about from the workshop and I'm so proud of everything. I'm so, so proud. I mean, I even have an evaluation form, Jamie, and you know what? I think one of the most negative things that came out and <laughs> I, it's so funny. One of the most negative things that came out is that my, my refreshments should have a vegan option. Well, that that's, that's an easy fix. Exactly. Everything else is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most touching bit of feedback you ever got from a lady at one of those workshops? Oh, wow. Oh, that's a good question. I, oh, oh, okay. So there's this lady that came to my workshop in October last year. And she said that her father grew up being a mechanic and whatnot. And she used to, to check her oils and her fluids and, you know, she can change her wheel and so on. And then after a while, she got complacent and stopped doing it. And, you know, the vehicle started to deteriorate and so on. And she said that she saw the workshop come up on Facebook and she said, look, I want to come and be a part of this and to reignite that flame that I once had. And even, I mean, once you, once you look on YouTube and you see the video, I think she had done one of the videos. And when I saw the video after the production, I started crying because she said, um, you know, this kind of ignited her flame to go back and actually learn more about her vehicle and to take charge of her investment. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, it's not a case where some women don't know how to take care of their vehicles. Some of them have started probably when they first got their car, but then after a while they got complacent or, you know, life happens and they, they get caught up focusing on other things and they neglect their vehicles, you know, and some of them just needed that, that, that spark to reignite that combustion, you know, to get things moving, you know? So, um, I think that was one of the, the most touching moments because again, when I saw the video, cause a, a lot of the times when my workshop is carrying on and we have interviews, I don't see anything. I don't hear anything until after the production of the video. So when I listened to the video and I'm like, wow, I didn't know that people really thought about the workshop this way. And that touches me a whole lot. You know, and I feel really proud that I can be an, an inspiration to other you women, are. other people. That's a perfect way of putting it, Renee, is an inspiration <laughs> yes. a, a, and a leader. Yes, an inspiration and a leader. Thank you. I want to touch briefly on when you have three entities, you're an entrepreneur. Yes. I am. I love interviewing female entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. Some people just love doing it and being one. I'm one of them. You're one of them. Mm -hmm. What has been the biggest lesson learned? If you could look back at, you know, yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell you 10 years ago based on what you know now as it relates to entrepreneurship? Oh, my gosh. I have so many answers for that. Oh, my gosh. No, Jamie, <laughs> honestly, I never saw myself doing anything of this nature 10 years ago 
because in my mind at that point in time, I just wanted to get down and dirty and fix things and that kind of stuff. At that point in time, I, I did not know that I would have um, developed an enterprise to, to, to have different tiers um, of businesses. I really did not think that way. I mean, if I was that forward thinking, I would probably have done um, business subjects in high school or, you know, do an entrepreneur course or something to that effect, you know? So, I mean, my, my thing is that when you get into anything at all, not only do the research, but get educated on it. So for myself, I just finished up a project management course just so that I can manage all of my projects even more efficiently, you know, so don't limit yourself to the technical aspect. Also get educated on all aspects, be an all-rounder so that things would flow a lot more easier for you. If I had known I was going to do this a long time ago, honestly, I would have probably done business management. But at the same time, I'm happy that I had a lot of trial and errors going into entrepreneurship. Right. Um, and I, I keep developing and keep learning because at the end of the day, this world is dynamic and it changes so quickly, you know, so you always have to try to be on top of the ball every time, all the time. I agree. And, and multiple women in these interviews have said similar things is what you're saying. And mm-hmm. we get so focused on the topic that we're interested in that right. we almost be, start to have tunnel vision mm-hmm. is that regardless of the topic, there are certain skills that apply to any topic. And mm-hmm. you used a good example, project management. That's actually my day job. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a process improvement manager, but I background program and project management. And that nice. can apply nice. to anything that you do. Exactly. Business, exactly. education around business management. You know, even if you don't plan on owning your own business or even being in management, having an understanding around that and understanding, you know, your boss or supervisor or the owner, the shop owner's perspective helps you be better at what you're doing because you get to see the big picture then. Correct. Correct. That is sound advice. And I, I, I would tell anyone regardless of what you are majoring in or what your focus is or your certification is in, a business class can only help you. A financial education Mm -hmm. class can only help you. It's applicable to everyone's life. Yeah, correct. Um, I think that's going to be my next, my next hurdle or my next feather in my cap. I want to really do some financing courses because, Mm -hmm. um, that is going to play a big role in what my next step in life is going to be. So I definitely need to get a lot more educated on that. Ask me about a nut and a bolt on an aircraft, turbine engines, piston engines, electrical systems. I am good with that. Mm-hmm. However, with the next step in Renee's life, I think that, you know, I need to just, you know, brush up on a, a little bit more books and, you know, get that financing and management part sorted as soon as possible. <laughs> that's that's definitely not the sexy stuff. Oh, I, my attention span. Oh my gosh, Jamie, my attention span is horrible. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had, I had my series seven and series 66 that had allowed me to sell stocks, bonds and mutual funds. And mm. studying for that was, ooh, that, that was painful. I, I, Got that when I was 23 years old, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I was in the financial industry for multiple years, and right, it, it is painful. It is very dry. Wow. <laughs> so it, it's it's not, there's certain things that, you know, I would strongly recommend. Uh, definitely understanding a balance sheet is one mm-hmm. of the most important things as a business owner, and even not just a business owner, but just life skill. Um, right, right. But the balance sheet, understanding the balance sheet. All right. So I'm taking away a lot of things from this interview as well, Jamie. <laughs> well, we're learning we're a ton learning from, from each, each other. other. Right. <laughs> well, Renee, I think this is a great opportunity to launch into the red line round. What the red line round is, is just five rapid fire questions. There's no right or wrong answer to it. But whatever pops in your head first is the right mm-hmm. answer. Okay. You ready? Yep, ready. You you told me you've been preparing for this, so. (laughs) 
Let's right. do it. Okay. Who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry? All right. So my inspiration in the industry right now has been Mr. Brian Kelsick. He has been very ins- inspirational um, with regards to automotive mechanic. So I think that he has been one of my biggest mentors. And also as a drag racer, he has gone through leaps and bounds because he built the fastest evolution on this side of the Caribbean. And that by itself is a huge feat. You know, so um, he has he has been or uh, had been my inspiration. Of course, rest in peace, Brian Kelsey. Very touching. Renee, where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or get stuck on the job? Oh, YouTube, YouTube.com, YouTube and Google. Those are my best friends. <laughs> is there any YouTube channel specifically that you zero in on or just depends on what you're working on? It just depends on what, what I'm working on. Like the other day I was doing building shelves and I just typed in to YouTube and yeah, a couple of shelves later, I think I'm an expert now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Renee, what excites you most about what you do? Overcoming challenges set in my way. Um, whether it be by way of um, just the universe having being that way to test my my metal, but being able to overcome challenges that has inspired me to push even harder too. Love it. What is a personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly in this industry when you feel stuck or discouraged? A personal habit. Oh gosh, I am I am horrible. I have potty mouth, so I will cuss. I cuss a lot. Um, but what I try to do, even though I cuss, I step away a little bit. Probably go to the beach. Probably have a scotch, um, and then get back to it. Because sometimes you just need to just back off, regroup, and then go again. Oh, I hear you. Maybe <laughs> maybe someday we can meet in person and we can have a cheers It'll together happen, baby. with your It'll scotch happen. and my bourbon. <laughs> it'll happen <laughs> all right and finally what is your parting advice to other femcanics finding their way in the skilled trades and motorsports industry just be you be authentically you too often we try to be or to emulate other persons or to to copy and paste other persons to kind of make ourselves relevant well not ourselves but to make us feel relevant but the more authentic you are, the more accepting you'll be for other persons. Um, so authenticity to the fullest. Be you. Just be authentically you. Beautifully said. And finally, <laughs> where and how can people connect with you and your brands? So many. Oh, my gosh. All right. So you can connect with Renee Edwards Ambrose hyphen R-E-A on Facebook also on Instagram at I-N underscore R-E-A-L-Y-F-E. That's in real life with a Y. Um, I'm also on Twitter with that handle. Also, you can follow Lady Mex Workshop on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Lady Horsepower Farm, you can find Lady Horsepower Farm on Facebook. Lady Horsepower Farm 268 on Instagram. And um, yeah, if you type in Lady Mex Workshop in YouTube, you'll find a lot of my videos um, being uploaded as well. I'm excited to learn more about treating my car like my vagina. I was just about to use that hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) It's a beautiful hashtag. I was just about to say, and remember, treat your car like you treat your vagina. Good evening. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's how you should wrap up all those, Renee. Oh my goodness, Renee, thank you so much for being in the driver's seat today. I have thoroughly enjoyed our, our it conversation. It was an absolute today. pleasure, Jamie. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the consideration. It means a lot. The honor is mine. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Renee Edwards. I'm Bruce, aka Butters from Mantega Barbies in the Caribbean. And I am a Lady Mex. Lady Hospital Farm, and in real life, a femcanic. Amanda Byers is in the driver's seat next. She is the owner of Manda Maria Upholstery. 
She has over 14 years combined experience doing upholstery for Gulfstream Aerospace, Ferrari, and concourse-level restorations. Amanda leads us through her journey of entrepreneurship as a custom automotive upholstery shop. Be sure to tune in next week. Until next time, Femcanics. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femcanic?